0: Everybody, welcome back to the Outcomes Rocket. Saul Marquez here. Today I am joined by the amazing Beth Suzanne. Beth is a global pitch coach from Silicon Valley based in Spain. Clients have raised over 10 billion with a B billion dollars in funding. And they just followed her the way of doing things with her pitch skills, her pitch process, global leaders like Singularity University. Oxford, Foundry, Barclays, BMW, Disney, and 3,300 international founders have quickly secured the funding they needed to scale, including 350 teams in medtech, biotech, digital healthcare. And that's why she's here today, because she knows that all of you are in this niche of healthcare, looking to make a big difference, looking to change the world. Beth's here to help you do it. Beth, I'm so glad you're here with us.
1: Thank you. I'm pleased to be here. Thanks, Saul.
0: Absolutely. And so I am so excited to dive into how you help people do this and what it is that they need to be thinking about here toward the end of the podcast. But before we do get into that, Beth, talk to us a little bit about your journey. What is it that got you into into healthcare?
1: I used to work in California for 17 years in healthcare architects, and I was the pitch coach for these teams to win huge projects, $1.2 billion, $2.1 billion hospital projects. So I was... Coaching them, I did strategic planning, facilitation, plus presentation coaching. So I worked for 17 years in healthcare there. And then when I came to Europe almost 10 years ago, I continued, but I just took the presentation coaching a couple of years before I moved here. I adapted it for the tech world and did pitch coaching. And, you know, since then I've, out of the $10 billion worth of funding and projects that I've helped teams win, mm-hmm. $6 billion of it is in healthcare.
0: Amazing. That's just amazing. Lion's share of that in healthcare. And that's why I think everybody listening today is gonna really wanna tune in and learn. So talk to us about bethsuzanne.com, the work that you do. How are you adding value to the healthcare
1: ecosystem? Well, I basically, my clients get some clients have said to me that they get amazing results. So I just coached a team. It's a VC fund out of London, and they were looking to raise a hundred million. They'd already raised 10. And I they had been struggling to get the rest of the money raised. And they, after I worked with them, they'd raised another five million. And then they had got 80 million in the pipeline really securely. And they were awarded another fund, a huge fund, a healthcare fund also. So uh, two funds at once then. So, and what they said basically was that I have a balance between being encouraging and challenging. So I'm quite empathetic, but I'm very direct (laughs) and most people don't know what they don't know. Mm -hmm. And I can tell them what they're not aware of that's getting in the way or is not clear enough that the investors are looking to hear. There's certain signals investors are looking for. And you need to understand how to surface the key ideas that they're looking to hear quickly and in a sort of compelling way in order to get the results that you desire and deserve. And my key thing is to help them get the results quickly. The idea is it doesn't have to take a long time. A lot of the clients that come to me, Saul, are really frustrated because they've been struggling and they have amazing, they've achieved amazing things and they're amazing people. Their teams, it just blows my mind, all the brilliant people I work with, but they have trouble getting distance, enough distance from what they have created to understand what they need to surface in order to talk to the investor, because it's a different conversation than they're in normally for building their technology and developing their market.
0: Wow, Beth, that is so well said. It is difficult to get away from what you spend so much time working on and building to actually surface those key points. And so do you help your clients decipher what those things are? And then do you help them put the pitch together? Walk us through your process. Like how does all that work and And what do you know?
1: (laughs) (laughs) So I work with individual teams and founders, or I work with groups of teams and founders, both. And what I do is I have them give me the backstory of what their situation is. And then if it's a group of uh, several founders that I'm coaching together for accelerators or incubators or for corporate venture groups, I have them do a one minute pitch and I give them one to two minutes of feedback. Then I do my presentation, which is basically what to say, what not to say, and how to say it and give them tips about how to get inside the investor's mindset and it's mm-hmm. interactive. And so, what I do is I bring them into my conversation that shifts them out of so they see clearly what's working and what's not. And then they online, I've adapted my two day in person pitch coaching intensive to online for the last year and a half. Yeah. <laughs> and which has been interesting because there's some positives that come out of that. And one of them is that. That initial session takes about two and a half hours, but after that, they can go away and they can redo their deck, which they always need to. And then I have smaller group sessions with four firms, four f- companies at once, and they pitch. They do a three to five minute pitch with slides. I give them feedback and they get to hear the other companies, what they're saying, uh-huh. what they're not saying, what works and what doesn't work. So they, yeah. So they're learning together much more quickly. Then they go, they go away again. That's not the end of the process. Okay. They go away again. They go away can again. Can I ask a the- question, Beth? Sure.
0: I'm just curious. So then these four companies, you're in there with four companies. These are all your clients, right? Four different clients that are going through the process. Right. I I mean, like that is so valuable. Like just to have, number one, like when do you run into people that are doing the same thing as you do and you get to do this and learn from- what you're All seeing them. them
1: do right well because okay I've, sorry I was, to interrupt but
0: i was just very no, curious about that's that.
1: okay <laughs> sorry but because i've coached over three thousand three hundred companies right amazing. i have there's that's a certain there's certain patterns and similarities yes. about yes. what people do correctly incorrectly and what's missing so you get to be i've been doing this for 12 years super intensely but before that with the architect firms also, <laughs> the, the healthcare architects firms. It's basically what's the essence of what's the value you're bringing and what's the problem you're solving for? What's the solution you're bringing? How does it work? Why is it better? What is it about your team? What traction do you have in the market? There's certain key things that you have to just be able to, in two minutes, be able to articulate, really know what those should be and could be and say them. So I've developed a sense, well, it's experience, right? <laughs> so that you totally. you can yeah. see really, really quickly. Yeah. And I can mm-hmm. I can coach 10 to 20 teams like this because I can see and give feedback quite quickly, which people are actually pretty amazed about, but I'm so used to doing it. I don't yeah. think about it. <laughs> and then when I, in the actual process, after I hear them in groups of four, give their presentations, their pitches, I have them co-coach each other in another session. So they give their say five minute pitch, three to five minute oh, pitch, yeah. and they have 25 minutes of feedback from the other three teams without me there. Oh, and sometimes hmm. they say this is some of their most valuable feedback because wow. they are now all in the same conversation that I've set up with them initially, and they know how to look what to look for and what what's working, what's not, and what needs to be improved. They give really good feedback. And then the next thing is they, they meet with me one-on-one, and I give them either 30 minutes, an hour, or two hours individually, and then we have a final session on another day of all four teams giving of their pitch with 10 minutes of feedback for the final hour. And they get to see the transformation. And Saul, one of the things I love so much is that it's so gratifying to see that people do transform really quickly. And wow. sort of the, the eyes get big and the lights go on because so many people, you can get discouraged, no? Because you get totally. lots of no's. You don't know why you get the no's. The investors don't tell you what's wrong with what you're doing or what's right with it even, mostly and so i'm able to help them transform and then they go out and they pitch and my clients they raise the money within generally within 3 months to 6 months and i have about a 90% success rate in terms of getting my clients to raise the money. So it's been really super gratifying. (laughs) That's
0: fantastic. Wow. And so I honestly, I think this is a a really unique approach. The the amount of time that you've spent doing this, Suzanne, is obviously, you know, a big reason why you've been able to fine tune it so well. How do you think the process, I guess, at what stage can people work with you? You know, there's different stages of funding. Walk us through all of that.
1: Well, I've worked with all varying stages. So really super early startups are my, it's a group that I work with the least. And okay. I work with, now I've developed sort of working with scale-ups more and they're looking for, okay. you know, two to 20 million or a or hundred million for a fund. I've worked with a number of VC funds who are looking to raise the next round, 70 million, a hundred million. And <laughs> so, but I do work with early stage startups also. And one of the good things is uh, one of the things I'm the most excited about right now is I've just brought on a new principal pitch coach with me. Her name is Lily Christensen and she's brilliant. And all the years I've been working, she's she's the only person that actually is able to coach and have perceptions that is totally aligned with what I'm doing. I mean, her perceptions and she adds extra value because she has built sales teams for startups in New York, London, and Amsterdam. And can she, Uh, got a slightly more commercial point of view. So if a number of clients have come to me, like some pharma clients, they're pitching to, well, startups who are pitching to pharma clients and in biotech and other clients that are looking for clients, not not for investments. So I coach for any ask you have in terms of clients, investments, or partners, or project, If you have a project that you want to get funded, or you have your corporate situation where you're pitching to, to get another huge project in, thats I sure. can do any range of it because it's it's a similar set of attributes or characteristics that you need to be able to cover in your presentations.
0: Fascinating. Thank you for that. So broad range, sweet spots, they're kind of scale ups, you know, three to, to 70 million, hundred million. And, but otherwise there's also different applications of this. If you're wanting to pitch for those for those difficult to get appointments, like you're trying to get in to see a payer, or you're trying to get in to see a pharma company and you have this one shot, don't mess it up. You know, this is where they would reach out to you and say, how do I refine this?
1: Right, exactly. And if they need help in getting the appointment, that's where Lily comes in because she's so good at that. She's amazing. <laughs> Got it. She's the mastermind she, of
0: getting in the door and then you're right. in the door, you, you, right. you help them shine.
1: Right. And she also can help them shine, but she's got this extra added advantage. The other thing that I've done is I've worked with a lot of government corp organizations in Europe. Since I've been in Europe almost ten years, I've worked with the European Institute of Technology, which has been funding health, and I coached them to win it was about four hundred and fifty million for seven years and there were matching funds of about 1.5 billion that industry and academia contributed over the seven years. And so I coached them in the end of 2015, they won the money in 2016 for the next seven years, and then they get funded again. But what they do is they drive innovation between industry, academia, and startups and citizens across the healthcare spectrum. And I've been coaching teams all across Europe with as an outcome of that also in the IT health so it's been that's where it's given me such a broad spectrum of to cover for healthcare with medtech biotech and digital healthcare yeah. and then also v, then vc funds also raising healthcare funding so
0: like their next round uh to get the next slew of investments through. Right. No, fascinating, Beth. In your experience, so you did mention, number one, you know, getting, separating yourself from that day-to-day value that you deliver so that you could really, it's speak a different language, right? You're, you're speaking a different language to these investors. You mentioned that's one of the biggest challenges, right? Getting far away from what you do day to day. What's another big challenge that you see pop up in people as they're trying to raise money?
1: I think basically they don't do they might not do enough research on who they're talking to. You know, mm-hmm. they have to really understand who these people are, whether this fund has already who's in their portfolio. They have to do their research because you can really stumble if you're not talking to the right people. <laughs> and yep. so that's one thing. Another thing is many it's interesting how difficult it is for founders to express what problem they're solving and then to get their numbers in there there's so many companies that some companies it's their numbers are all handled but there's many companies and they're they're earlier stage companies that are they're having trouble figuring out what their business model is how they're going to make money and how they're going to grow and the other thing is There's different mentalities because in Europe, people are more modest than generally in the U.S. The U.S., we understand in the U.S. that, you know, in order to have anything come towards you, you have to stand out. You have to shine. So I'm not saying people in the U.S. understand necessarily what that means in terms of saying the right thing at the right time in the right way. But they understand that you do need to shine. And in Europe, when I first got here 10 years ago, (laughs) that inbuilt modesty in Europe was (laughs) it <laughs> was amazing because they've achieved so much in their companies, but they would—they weren't—they have cultural norms that yeah. tell them that they shouldn't ever say they should say something better about themselves than anyone else. For instance, in the Scandinavian countries, in Sweden, and in the the Dutch, for instance, they have a saying that's "Du um, dan genoeg," which means acting normal is crazy enough, which means don't stick out, conform, <laughs> and, sure, and that sure. per, that permeates a lot of the. Psyche of people who are 35 years old and older in Europe, hmm. younger people, not as much anymore. I like yeah, Things yeah. have changed dramatically since okay. I came to Europe. But when I go to Silicon Valley, people are aware that they need to stand out, but they're still not as it's still a struggle.
0: Yeah. So it's like on the one hand, the fact that you have to do it is one thing that you have to communicate to the European business owners. In the U.S., it's, okay, you know you have to do it, but how do you do it in the right way?
1: Right. Exactly. Exactly. And I've worked all over. I've worked in South Africa. I've worked in Brazil. I've worked all over Europe and all over the U.S. And I've worked with companies from 60 different countries around the world. So I've worked with so many different cultures and I'm working, I've worked with South Korea, China, everything. And what they need to understand is this initial pitch three to five minutes is the same worldwide around the world. You have to get the same the key things that, that I cover with you about the problem solution, your market, your team, your the business model, your your traction, your ask has to be clear, your competition has to be clear. All of that's the same. What changes then is the next conversation when you actually then go in and finish talking with the client or the investor rather. And when you have the conversation where you have a meeting with them, then you have to understand what these cultural norms are in that with that culture in order to know how to talk to them. And then, then it, it shifts a bit. The other thing I wanted to say is I work with individual companies, not just groups, but I, I do deep dives with one company. And online, it takes between 12 and 16 hours with one company. And these are companies that have already raised money, majority of them. And they've raised three, five million. They're looking for their next 10, 12, 20 million. And I still, it still takes... 10 to 12 to 16 hours of time to work with them to develop their deck so that it flows exactly the logic of it flows, their script is perfect, the delivery is perfect. So that when they and and I coach them, and they know that when they get into the investor meeting, they're not going to have, in the majority of cases, five minutes to just make a presentation. When they walk into the investor meeting, the investor, they have to, you know, might have some questions. They have to follow the lead of the investor. And what I do is that sometimes they have an opportunity to do their pitch, but if they don't, they're prepared in the course of that conversation with the investor over the next half hour to hour, if they're lucky, to have the sort of mini pitches for each yeah. point that I mentioned, right on ready on their tongue, on the tip of their tongue. And if they have a the deck there, they could pull up, pull up a slide and sort of explain it and go more into depth on that. But they're ready so they can sort of be more agile and facile in how they handle that. And they can redirect the, the conversation more because they understand clearly points that they need to get, to get across and listen to what the investor is inter- interested in and then tailor what they're saying in a much more finely tuned, honed manner that gives them much better results. Wow.
0: Yeah. Because it's not always going to be picture perfect setup. No, right? <laughs> no, rarely. Clearly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so how do you insert these relevant tidbits of information that are meaningful and actionable for the investor to say, wow, this is somebody we want to we wanna work with, that's what you help people do.
1: Absolutely, because everything you say, what I described about how you have to sort of hone the pitch so carefully, the flow, the logic of each slide and the script that you're writing in your delivery. One of the key things to know is that how you start off and grab attention in the beginning really matters. If you're in a meeting, you can have a conversation. They're judging you. They're looking at you. The minute you come online and you you just sit there in your little your rectangle, <laughs> your little, yeah. you know, they're 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 assessing. You know, they say, oh, we don't have body language. That's true, but not true also. When you're not pitching, meaning when you're having a conversation online, they're actually reading your body language, your eye contact, your your lighting, your the backdrop. They're they're assessing and uh, making decisions about you Im- totally. Im- immediately. And then, if you have a team member there, you know how you interact as a team member. That has to be choreographed ahead of time. You have to know who is going to be addressing what issue, what answering what. You have to not talk over the top of each other. There's a lot of things that I cover. I cover everything you need to know about online pitching. I have actually an online pitch playbook that I'd be happy to send to your listeners because it gives you what the investor is looking to say and then online what you need to really be watch out for. So yeah, you know, your first. The thing about it is, in the old days, like 15 years ago, the research showed that you had 10 seconds to 30 seconds for people to decide whether you were worthwhile listening to or not, Saul. So. Yep. Now, online, unfortunately, the research shows you have three to seven seconds. That's like hardly any time at all. And they can tune out. And the bad thing about being online, this is a big bad thing, thing is that, of course, they can shut their camera off and mute themselves, and you don't know if they're there. I they don't know what's
0: happening. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> yeah,
1: you can. yeah. So you're sort of talking into a void. So you have to understand how to get comfortable doing that. And what, one of the most important things online, everybody, is how you use your voice. You have to have energy behind your voice. Your voice has to be compelling. And there's three different things to think about with your voice. It's the volume the pitch and the speed. And so you have to vary the volume. In English, when you're pitching the English, we have to vary the volume and say some things louder. See, that's louder and softer. And you have to vary the speed and your pitch. Your pitch has to go up and it has to come down. And then you need space between the ideas. You have to make sure you have some space and allows them to sort of capture and hear the key ideas that you're saying. One of the issues for people who are who speak English from their native melody, which is another language, right? So mm-hmm. I'm so impressed by so many, you know, millions of people who are pitching in English when it's not their first language. But one thing to know is that when you are pitching in English, and whether you're a native English speaker or not, is that your how you use your voice, you have to choreograph how you use your voice. And After you develop your slides and the script and we coach you on your delivery, you have to go through the script and figure out which words in the script are your impact words. Impact. Did you hear what I just said? Impact words. So you have to design it that way. So there's emphasis on it and then a slight space so we can hear it and absorb it afterwards. So, (laughs)
0: Love it. Yeah, no, this is fantastic, Beth. Appreciate the little, you know, peek behind the curtains on some of the things that you do. This is super useful, I'm sure, for everyone listening. What would you say you're most excited about today?
1: Well, I sort of let the cat out of bed because I'm the most excited about having Lily Christensen come and yeah, work with me. <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> it's changed
1: my life. <laughs> I she yeah, I've been working on my own as a pitch coach. I've had a great team of uh, digital marketing people supporting me, but in terms of actually two things, doing the pitch coaching, adding another aspect for sales coaching. And also, I forgot to mention, I have a graphic designer I've been working with, Ashley Wiltshire, for the last six years, and he's amazing. And so we can just do the whole thing for the clients. We can (laughs) get your pitch ready, get it visually ready. And then, and if you need to grow your team, Lily can help grow the team. And I really am excited about this team of people. And then I have one more person that's Carrie Alderson, and she is a headhunter for startups and she finds the C-suite for you. So I've got sort of the follow-on from actually getting the pitch, getting the money, growing your team, finding the right people and getting the graphs designed. So I'm excited about having sort of the whole thing handled now for you that I previously was more on myself, although Ashley's been working with me for six years, but I've added these other couple people in and it's really made a big difference.
0: Well, Beth, that's exciting, really exciting. And, you know, experience shows that, you know, once somebody hits a home run for you, there's likely that they're going to do it again. And you're finding ways to augment these home runs that you're helping your clients hit and helping them get deeper and broader with, with a lot of their goals. So fantastic stuff here. I'm excited for everybody listening to this because this is an opportunity for you to, to really consider your approach in your fundraising. The opportunity to connect with Beth is certainly there. She welcomes it. It's Beth It's got two N's. So Beth Suzanne, two N's E Dot com. We'll also leave that in the show notes. But Beth, what takeaways should we be thinking about here as we conclude? And apart from the website that I just mentioned, what's the best way for the listeners to get in touch with you and your team?
1: Well, there's two best ways. I think you could email me at Beth at Beth Suzanne.com and it's B E T H S U S A N N E. So it's not a Z S U S A N N E and, or LinkedIn Beth Suzanne on LinkedIn and I think the takeaway is that if you've been struggling or frustrated with your fundraising efforts, and you really want to hit it out of the park, then I would suggest getting in touch with me and Lily, and we'll see what we could do for you. I'd be delighted to work with you.
0: I love it. Well, Beth, we appreciate the work that you do. And listeners, take advantage of this. Reach out to Beth, take your business to the next level. Beth, thanks again. This has been great.
1: Thank you very much, Saul. It's been a pleasure.